Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You are now about to take a journey with professional advisors Ken Smith and Ethan Broga on Empirical Investing Radio. For more information about Empirical Investing Radio, please call 800-923-4307. Fasten your seatbelts. You're going to need them. Just because the hosts have a sense of humor does not mean their advice won't change your life. Good afternoon and welcome to Empirical Investing Radio. I'm Ken Smith, Certified Financial Planner and your host of Empirical Investing Radio. This show is designed to teach you prudent strategies to increase and enhance your wealth experience through sound financial planning and empirically tested and backed investment strategy ideas. Today I have a special guest it's not Ethan Broga, who's usually on the show. It's Michael Van Sant. Good afternoon, Mike. Nice to see you. Nice to see you, too. Mike is a certified financial planner with, uh, what, about 15 years in and the trenches? Some. And then some. And then some. And uh, Mike also happens to be the director of advisor development at Empirical Wealth Management. Mike as we start the show, we normally uh, have Ethan give out our contact information and tell our individual listeners and the advisors out there what we can do for them. Oh, great. Would you mind taking that on? Yeah, I'll take a whack at that. All right. uh, so our email is contact at mpiradio.com. That's E-M-P-I radio.com. Once again, contact at E-M-P-I radio.com. Or you can call our toll-free number 1-800-923-4307 one more time 800-923-4307 and uh, i don't know what what can't we do for them if they they call well that's the real question mike but um what we can do if you're an individual investor out there uh, we've had great success working with individuals to help them build financial plans and we offer that on an hourly basis um we also doing it do it in an ongoing relationship uh, form, and that usually involves management of some investment assets as well, mm-hmm. using the empirical strategies that we've developed and mm-hmm. have done quite well over the years. If you're interested in that, give us a call or email us, but we're also offering to do a free financial plan or free overview for our listeners. So if you do contact us and and uh, mention the radio show, we will offer, we do one a month, and we will, uh, if you're the first one to get a hold of us, we'll we'll go ahead and put you in the queue for that. Lucky ducks. We, 
love to help you wherever you are in the country. And we are expanding by um, adding advisors all over the United States. And Mike, that's uh, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about Okay. Uh, today on our show a little bit. This show is designed for individual investors, but also we had the idea of sharing with advisors out there and mm-hmm. sharing ideas and best practices and those types of things. And um, so being the director of our advisor services, I thought I'd ask you a few questions. Fair enough. About that. And, uh, you know, if you are an uh, advisor, as you listen to this, and you're looking for an opportunity uh, to work in a a firm that is a fee-only based and registered investment advisor, give us a call or email us as well. You can call us again at 1-800-923-4307. And again, it doesn't matter where you're at in the country, we're looking to and in the process of setting up offices all over the United States. So if you like what you've heard on the, on our, our shows and you've visited our website at empiricalfs.com, get in touch with us. We'd love to talk to you. Now, Mike, I thought we could start. I want to ask you about your work in developing advisors mm-hmm. uh, all over the country. But uh, what brought you, I'd like to know what brought you into this business. Why, why are you a financial advisor? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what's your story? Oh, boy. Well, um, you know, my story about how I became a financial advisor is, uh, I think, a little less exciting as, as my story is why I came to Empirical, but they are interrelated. Uh, when I graduated uh, college 16 years ago, I didn't really have uh, a clear direction on where I'd be working, and I kind of just stumbled into this industry. Um, it suited me very well. It was very exciting, and uh, I started to believe I can really make a difference in people's lives, and that was um, that made it you know easy to go to work every day. Mm-hmm. I started at a company um, that certainly didn't... Uh, quite take care of people the way that Empirical Wealth Management did, and it was uh, likened to a boiler room. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, but uh, it really wasn't doing any favors for the clients that we worked with, and a little bit disheartening to to realize that. Um, But after I did, I I wanted to swim upstream to a, you know, multinational global uh, investment company. Started working for Payne Weber that uh, transitioned and, and got bought out by UBS, one of the largest financial institutions uh, in the world, and uh, that was going real well in the late 90s and early 2000s, um, until I started to realize they were just like the boiler room in sheep's clothing. They um, had the same conflicts of interest and the same poor results that the boiler room did. They just had nicer furniture and, and offices to deliver the bad news with. At the time, that was a little discouraging because I had already swam upstream as far as I thought I can go. I didn't know about companies like, like Empirical at that time, and uh, I was disheartened and uh, uh, went to work for Charles Schwab for a while, who uh, didn't have those conflicts of interest. Uh, a lot of the conflicts of interest lie in investment banking, and Charles Schwab doesn't do that work. So I was uh, really relieved to be working at Charles Schwab and not having those conflicts of interest exist and, oh, yeah. and really being able to help clients. Uh, but then a new problem came up that uh, uh, not being able to work closely enough with clients in a holistic matter um, didn't seem like it was delivering the results that could be delivered. About that time in the early 2000s, I became a certified financial planner, so I uh, gained the knowledge to really help people on a holistic level. And that's when uh, doors started opening up and, and uh, 
just like you can. I think I started learning uh, about the the results that uh, the a, a globally diversified passively managed portfolio would deliver, and and started to believe that if you can deliver those investment results <coughs> combined with <clears throat> a holistic planning approach, you can really make a difference in people's lives. So. Uh, that's about the time that I started working in empirical wealth management that I saw a company had all the key ingredients to a successful uh, relationship with clients, and I was very, very happy to, be, uh, to, to become a part of the team here. Well, that's a pretty good story, Mike. Thank I you. I appreciate you sharing it. Sure. Well, let me ask you, what, what excites you about being a financial advisor? Mm-hmm. I mean, now that you've gone through that journey, mm-hmm. um, why do you get up every day and continue to come into work is there is there something about it that uh er, aspects of it that you are passionate about and Mm -hmm. other aspects that you're not so hot about or yeah and i don't i don't know that i knew this going into this that's why i said 16 years ago i uh, my my story started off just like hey i needed i need to go someplace every day to get a get a paycheck but through uh some self-discovery and uh i i really found that um being a counselor and a teacher and making a difference in people's lives is very, very rewarding personally. So, uh, it, you know, to, to, to see the difference that my clients, uh, the, the difference in their lives that I make from before they become a client to a client after a year or two or after four or five, it's, it's, it's very visible and um, it's almost like building a house. You know, you kind of start with some raw earth and, and really have a, a nice finished product. And I, I really enjoy it. You know, I'm 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 friends with my clients. Um, we we know a lot about each other personally, but uh, I, I believe that we, we make a big impact in their lives, just like a good doctor would, or um, a good friend. Or I, I I view myself as a as a teacher and a counselor as much as an advisor. Well, that's great. Well, Mike, what do you think some of the biggest challenges are that you face as an advisor, and mm-hmm. and how do you address those issues? Well, I think. Hands down, the, the the biggest challenge is that, you know, money is a, a very unspoken and, and, and emotional um, part of people's lives. It's uh, a lot of times I think some of the conversations that we have about money when I have a, a couple in the room, they've never had it with each other. Um, they don't know their upbringing or their, or their belief system about uh, investments or dirty laundry about liabilities or anything like that i think it it's just a very very emotional emotional topic you know it's been said that uh the only thing we talk about less than sex is money and uh, i I find that to be very true that being said is you know people they worry about it and they they i think they um they know some of the basics about how to save it and invest it but they don't really know if all those uh, dots are going to get connected to meet their objectives and, and uh, in uncertain times like debt ceilings or recessions or even euphoric times like tech bubbles, um, I think the emotions that people have with their, and the relationship they have with their money can make it very challenging to make good decisions. Uh-huh. Well, I'm going to read something here, Mike. We've got a couple of minutes, and I, I do have more questions, and then I want to talk again about what you're the work you're doing on developing advisors that that are connecting with empirical but uh i uh you know we've got a a client event coming up and i was doing a little research for for the topic i want to have a few moments to to share um first and foremost how grateful i am that 
that I get to have a job in this business and to and to serve people and help them by help them by getting them to where they want to go. And um, I mean, as you alluded to, I think there are many challenges in our industry. And uh, I think one of those uh, one of the frustrating things is that people are are somewhat apathetic across the board about um, their financial situation and or they just don't really know where to go or how to start and mm-hmm. it may be overwhelming mm-hmm. and I was having some research done um, and one of our one of our guys pulled this data up for me and maybe I'll, I'll give it to you and then when we come oh, back yeah. on the break um, you can uh, we can you can address it Mike in, okay. in your view but according to um, the uh, let me grab this uh, you got you got uh, 56 of a f- percent of affluent Americans, those with 250,000 investments, that are self-directed with regard to their finances. Um, that, according to Wall Street Journal survey, um, you've got a, uh, a situation where 17 percent of us have a written financial plan huh. that that uh, is updated regularly. Um, the CFP board found that just 17% of the 36% polled who did have a written financial plan ever reviewed it in light of changing times. And notably, 48% said they had benefit benefited from having a plan. Just 38% of the 36% having plans retain a financial advisor. Um, think about that for a second. We come back from the break. We'll... we'll See what that means to you. Okay. We'll be right back. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for us at keyword voice America. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about this show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. Welcome back to Empirical Investing Radio. I'm Ken Smith, Certified Financial Planner, and I have Michael Van Sant, Director of Financial Advisor Development with Empirical, with me. Good afternoon again, Mike. Good to be here. (laughs) What we're talking about is, uh, Mike, we're we're just asking you questions about what got you involved in being a financial advisor, and Mm -hmm. we're talking about uh, why you get excited about working with other advisors, Mm -hmm. at least we're moving in that direction. Definitely. And I'm throwing some statistics that I found here at you. And I, we talked about I'm going to the break. I thought I'd reiterate it one more time. Perfect. Um, in 2009, from the Hudson Valley Business Journal, they cite that uh, 64% of us in the U.S. have no financial plan at all. Mm-hmm. That's from the 2009 National Consumer Survey on Personal Finance conducted by the CFP Board of standards, the Certified Financial Planner Board of Standards, survey con- collected data from 1,700 plus U.S. residents, and only 17% of us have a written financial plan that is updated regularly. The CF board found, CFP Board found that just 17% of the 36% of us who actually do have a financial plan, only 17% of us have actually reviewed it um, throughout changing times, mm-hmm. uh, in light of changing times. Mm-hmm. Um, 48% said, notably, that they had benefited from having a written financial plan. So of those who do, 48% said they benefited. And just 38% of the 36 having percent having plans. And these statistics get a little crazy here. Wild. But if you had a 1,000 people, we were talking about 36% or 360 of them who had a financial plan, mm-hmm. 38% of those 360, right, mm-hmm. um, retained a financial advisor. Mm-hmm. Now, those are statistics that um, I know I would like to change, but I want to get your view as a mm-hmm. financial advisor who's mm-hmm. committed as life's work to this. How, do, how does that make you feel? Uh, like I've got plenty of life's work left. Um, I, I think uh, everybody should have a, a written investment plan, and everybody should have a a good advisor. Now, I, I run into this problem all the time where people ask me, you know, should I get advice? And my answer is yes, but make sure it's good advice. And uh, right. I, I can stand by our advice. I wouldn't want to just send people to any advisor. And I think I think you guys have talked about that on the show in the past. I mean, there's definitely a difference from advice. Uh, but I think I, very few advisors or invest investors have a written uh, financial plan like all of our clients do, and I think it's a, a key first step to success. Why why is it such a key? Because investing is very very emotional, and um, without a, a well thought out written investment plan, you'll just uh, make your investment decisions based on emotion as opposed to. <laughs> thought out logic yeah 
I've heard a lot of that over my time. Well, that's a good point, Mike. So you're saying it's not necessarily a knowledge issue, although that's a, a complete, completely separate element. Mm-hmm. Um, even those who have the knowledge, because we do, we have discussed on this program and the studies and the books that outline how we tend to be more, we tend to be overconfident. We we tend to have some a lot, more than others um, in our abilities. Mm-hmm. So we tend to believe that we can do things that we really aren't that capable of doing, mm-hmm. um, or at least not doing as well as we'd like to think that we do mm-hmm. at things. Mm-hmm. I can see where, from a knowledge perspective, particularly when the industry has done a lot of bad things over over the years, mm-hmm. um, that that people might just say, you know what, I think I'm better off on my own. Yeah, you know. Um, Historically, I think the the brokers uh, out there that were giving advice didn't necessarily have to do a lot of training in terms of how to build a financial plan. Or the if you look at the rates of the numbers of CFPs, they're growing mm-hmm. like crazy mm-hmm. when there was such a small percentage. Um, and in our view, I know just thinking about the professionals that we come into contact with 15 years ago, how many. CFPs did you run into? And for those of you who are listening who aren't f- familiar with these acronyms, a CFP is a designation. It's called the Certified Financial Planner designation that's put out by um, uh, a, uh, I'm sorry, the uh, <clears throat> Financial Planning Board. Mm-hmm. And they administer kind of an independent organization that ad- administers a test uh, and in order to pass that test, you have to excel in five broad topic groupings. Um, and so first you've got to typically, com- unless you have a, a higher level degree, like a master's degree, or um, you're a JD, or you have um, a CPA, usually you have to complete the pre-work of those five exams before you can sit for the board exam, which mm-hmm. is, a, what, about an eight-hour exam? Two days. Two days for eight hours. Two days for eight hours. It's been, it's been about over 10 years since I took the exam myself. Yeah. But you you have to uh, pass that at a satisfactory level. And back when I took it, I think the pass rate was somewhere between 30 and 50%. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know what it's hovering at recently. I would venture to probably guess it's probably around that 50% uh-huh. number. Uh-huh. Um, and it, it's something that, that, it, that someone who's committed to the profession um, needs to dedicate typically a year to a year and a half of, of their life to, and in many cases it winds up being much longer, um, to get through that process. Mm-hmm. And and it's something that certainly we really want our advisors to pursue mm-hmm. uh, and be committed to. And so at least here in the Seattle office, every advisor that's client-facing mm-hmm. um, is either working on that designation or already holds that designation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I didn't mean to get us off track, but I think sometimes we take for granted that we throw these these sure. these uh, alphabet soup, as they call it, of credentials and things around. But it's a very good one. I, I if I was choosing an advisor that I would want to look for, there's mm-hmm. a thousand of them out there. But I think um, the broad areas that are covered would help me inspire confidence that they have a good understanding. Definitely. So anyway, I digress. Um, go ahead, Mike. What were we what were we at? Well, we're I think just uh, kind of tearing down those statistics of, um, you know, how many people have a plan and how many people update their plan. And I think, 
it's it's really the first step to success. Uh, I was talking about just because it will help offset emotional decision making, but um, it, I, I think it does so much more than that as well. It, it I, I sometimes give the analogy as, of a financial plan is it's a roadmap. If we're trying to get from here to New York, and and we're just winging it, you know, it may take us a long, long time to get there. But if we have um, take a look at the all the maps and figure out the best way to get there and seeing everything that we want to see along the way it's, it's going to be a much smoother and more enjoyable trip right. and i think there's an old adage out there that we spend a lot more time planning our vacations than we do our retirement and uh retirement's generally going to last a little bit longer and it needs um you know needs to take a little care and time to make sure that we're setting it up for what we want and not what society wants for us or what other 60 year olds want it's what we want and that's what's so unique about our process is we really, uh, through our discovery process with our clients, really try to understand what their what what their ultimate goals are and uh, develop a plan that gets them there in the most um, uh, effective way possible. Well, I think you hit on something, Mike. Another um, uh, statistic that um, I had to pull up was there's been a lot of research about. Um, the best way to manage your investments, mm-hmm. um, and I and I even see articles now that hit the broad media, like say in the Seattle Times here locally, or on a on a bigger picture, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and even the media that we kind of we tend to criticize because of their sensationalist approach to investing in the markets. Um, they like to focus on the scams and the hedge fund blowups and the um, the Madoffs and all that kind of stuff, and the market mate, you know, global meltdown and the financial crisis, because it sells, it sells the media, it mm-hmm. sells the advertising, and um, but over the time, over time, it, if you allow that kind of information to guide your investment decisions, mm-hmm. we've we continuously say that well, it hasn't translated into great returns for Definitely. people. Uh-huh. It, you know, it makes for great stories and and definitely does get the intended emotional reaction Mm -hmm. but if you're the individual you've got to really learn to navigate that and when you look at what research has shown about how to invest and then you look at i'm going to heading into the break i'll give you these other statistics and we come back i thought maybe we could talk about the this uh these statistics a little bit but if we look at the percentage of money that is invested in uh, passively managed mutual funds, mm-hmm. uh, for example. And so you take a look at um, the smart money, and then you take a look at the average individual out there. And we'll define the smart money as the larger institutions. You see an interesting trend there. And that is that most of the research has shown that most stock picking approaches don't fail to beat basic indexes. Mm-hmm. Um, yet, if you look at the S&P 500, uh, according to Morningstar, institutional investors such as pension funds and separate accounts uh, invest about 80% of all the money that's indexed to the S&P 500. And we've got to take a break, Mike. I, I wanna, we'll come back. We'll talk about this a little further. Can't wait. Okay. We'll be right back. which guests are being featured this week read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts 
Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. Do you really understand the global economy? The media paints a certain picture, but are you really getting the full story or only half of it? Listen to Strategic Wealth, Choosing Simplicity in Finance with your host, Stephen Ayer. This program will bring a full and objective look at the global economy and help you sort through the bias of traditional media so that you can completely understand today's economic theories and make the right decisions in your portfolio. Strategic Wealth airs live every Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. Okay, welcome back to Empirical Investing Radio. If you'd like to submit a question, uh, if you maybe you're contemplating a financial decision, whether it's an investment or a financial planning technique, should you buy insurance, life insurance? If so, what kind and how much? Um, I don't know, lease versus purchase, estate planning, retirement planning, annuities, Social Security, any of those kinds of things of particular investment is being pitched to you. We'd love to hear about what you're dealing with and uh, answer the question on the air. And if you're willing to come on the show with us, we'd happy to. We'd be happy to have you on. Otherwise, we can just read your email. So if you want to email us, send those questions to contact at empiradio.com, contact at empiradio.com, or call us at one eight hundred. Nine two three four three zero seven. And if you're calling after hours, we're on the West Coast here. Just leave a message. There's a voicemail on that line, and then we'll address it. And if you do submit a question, we will give you one of our favorite investment uh, education books. Totally gratis, Mike. Gratis. Gratis. No way. We're committed to educating, and uh, we're doing our part to change these statistics, Mike. Going into the break, and again, we have Michael Van Sant here with us today. Appreciate you, you coming you. in. Yeah, um, we were talking about another statistic, and uh, we've talked about the statistic that sixty-four percent of people don't have a financial plan, mm-hmm. and a very small number of people actually are working with professional advi- advisors mm-hmm. uh, to get help. I think the affluent number of two hundred fifty thousand or more. They were somewhere around fifty percent. Um, 
we're actually getting any help. Mm -hmm. So the other um, interesting thing is I was looking at the statistic on, uh, you know, we say the empirical data shows based on a variety of academic studies that a broadly diversified asset class approach to investing has shown a greater likelihood of being successful. And our definition of success is participating in capital market returns, Mm -hmm. not losing all your money, having it go to zero, Mm -hmm. um, and and actually meeting the general market benchmarks. Um, Over the long term, the vast majority of even professionals that are out there attempting to beat the market fail to do so. So if the, the, the studies and the research are so clear on that, I think that maybe there's some insight as to what, what the work that we have before us and why we get so excited about this uh, as it relates to, one, getting people to start seeing that they need help so they can achieve their goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are better models today than there were 20 years ago about how to get that help. Uh, but, two, the way that they're doing things. And so the statistic here was that of the money that's being put into or indexed to, and we're just taking the S&P 500 in this example, according to Morningstar, 80% of it are, are large institutional investors, pensions mm-hmm. and such. Mm-hmm. The so-called smart money. Mm-hmm. Yet, and money invested in passive stock funds compromise about 8% of the money invested in all stock mutual funds. If you take wow. all the publicly available mutual funds, only 8% of it is in passive funds. There's mm-hmm. tons of them out there, ETFs and index funds. But when we actually account for what are the amount of dollars in those funds that are passive in their approach, general broad market funds, um, it's about 8%. And even during the uh, the 90s, when it was very, very difficult to beat the S&P 500, mm-hmm. managers were struggling because the indexes were doing so Great, and S&P happens to be a cap-weighted index. That a lot of those large, growthy kind of stocks became mm-hmm. prevalent in that index. The money that was going into passive stock funds uh, was was less than 20% of the flows mm-hmm. that were going in. Um, and 16% went to the S&P 500 index, which was the hot index back mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. So 80% of the flows still went into active funds, traditional funds that are engaging in strategies that have no empirical backing as to that they will generate superior returns. Got it. Um, And in 2009, there was an article, um, Financial Research Research Corp, actually it was uh, December of of 2008. Um, Alternative, uh, passive alternatives have grown to about 20% of the total invested assets split evenly between mutual funds and ETFs. Passive strategies among institutional investors have gained market share and now account for more than 40% of the institutional assets. So historically, there have been companies like Intel who fired all their active stock picker uh, type managers and went mm-hmm. with an, uh, uh, a uh, passive, passive approach. approach. Um, Philip Morris mm-hmm. fired their, their stock pickers. And there's a whole list of these guys mm-hmm. that have done that. But... The reason they're doing that is, one, they've had the personal experience of failing to achieve their objectives of beating the market through these active managers that they're paying high fees to. Mm-hmm. And two, the research is pretty clear now. Yeah, It's a it's kind of a futile strategy. And I was reading um, 
a book, Super Freakonomics. Yes. Um, by a guy, I've Stephen Levitt. Yeah, yeah, great book. And it really doesn't apply in a lot of ways to what we do. There's not necessarily great financial advice, financial planning advice, or investment management. But it, it does bring home, and there was a specific example that I thought was interesting, um, how it's not always about what's rational or what's evident or what's proven. And in the book, there's a section about the history of seatbelts in, in our country. Oh, uh, yeah. I know that story. And how former Secretary of Defense Robert <coughs> McNamara was, uh, went to Ford, and he was a very data-driven guy, very mm-hmm. em- empirical kind of a guy. Our kind of guy. Um, our kind of guy. Although a lot of people didn't like him because he wasn't, wasn't uh, very politically sensitive and or... Um, you know, he stepped on some people's toes and mm-hmm. didn't really consider the emotional factor on things. Mm-hmm. Very data-driven in how he made his decisions. And so in the book, they talk about how he started engaging these researchers, aeronautical researchers from Cornell, actually, uh, who were l- l- working on airplane safety to start doing the same because there's very little statistics about um, automo- what was causing so many deaths in automobile accidents. And the uh, the mortality rate was about five times higher than it is today. Wow. Um, and what these guys came up with, they started formulating empirical tests. You know, and you see those crash test, crash test dummy commercials back in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, they were doing that kind of stuff back in the 50s. Mm-hmm. And what they came up with was a very simple and very well-proven approach, which was seatbelts. Wear seatbelts. Yeah. But after years, this all was going on in the 50s and then the 60s they started um legislating you know safety rules and automotive uh, manufacturers had to start putting seatbelts in cars and there was public awareness but even after 15 years of that they they had some adoption rate that was around 11 percent and through the 80s it got up to maybe 20 and then mm-hmm. in the 90s it was 49 percent it's only today that we've gotten a 80 percent adoption rate on oh, seatbelts okay. And so what was very applicable and interesting in, in the book for economics uh, was that it was really not about proving. You couldn't, in, in McNamara being this rationalist, as they referred to him, he was perplexed by this because he thought, well, this is, makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I can relate. I feel we have that. Uh, it was kind of an epiphany to me when I went back through the book, and I was like, Wow. I'm just citing statistics on the research has been clear. Passively managed portfolios um, are the way to go. But yet the the adoption rate, we're talking, I mean, if you think about it, it was 11% at the beginning of the seatbelt. I'm saying it's 8% of the money, right? Mm-hmm. Less than 15% for sure. That's actually in the, in, the, in the one strategy that's proven to be the winning strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a behavioral thing. Mm-hmm. And in the book they talk about, well, no matter how how great uh, you know you can have the best scientists the best engineers and they can come up with all these but if it as humans we just don't necessarily like changing our behavior yeah. unless we're given some really really compelling reasons to do so and or there's a shift um, and I was talking to the guys in my office here about how it is different when you think about it when, you, when I get in the car now um, if I'm with friends or family there's a big discussion, like, hey, you need to get your seatbelt on. Um, where there was a time where it'd be like, why do you need to put that on? Mm-hmm. You know, what are you, a wimp? Are you mm-hmm. afraid? Or, um, and so it took a mind ch- change, and I see the same thing in our industry. Mm-hmm. But I want to give you a chance. I wanted to get all those statistics out, Mike, but I want to give you a chance now okay. 
to talk a little bit about that and how that relates to the advisors that we're looking for mm -hmm. and the work that we have in front of us. Oh, boy. We're diving in? You got a, you got a minute, 20 seconds, <laughs> and then we, we got one more segment. But I think this is relevant if you're an advisor or an individual investor listening yep. to this. Yep. It's far more, the answers to these questions are far more impactful than talking about the debt ceiling. Yeah. You know, Obama did a speech last night, and that's great and everything, mm -hmm. and we do need to get that resolved, but that's kind of a, we're always going to have some hurdle that's in the, in the current news, mm -hmm. but that's not going to get us to better money management or peace of mind solution. i think peace of mind and, and having the results that we're looking for i mean i'm trying to figure out whether greece is going to default or the debt ceiling that's uh there's always a, a crisis de jour but i think what comes what makes a difference in people's lives is having a plan and using an investment strategy that will help your results and uh i i definitely can relate to the the seatbelt story and, and the struggle that we have with uh what we feel is very clear and direct and makes sense for everybody, why doesn't everybody do it? And uh, I think part of the answer comes in, in the way we deliver that, that knowledge. And I think there's a, 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 a lot better adoption with um, sharing stories as opposed to sharing Excel spreadsheets. I know we got to end it right there. We'll take a quick break and we'll be right back with Michael Vincent. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management. Inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. 4307 or visit our website at empiricalfs.com that's e-m-p-i-r-i-c-a-l-f-s.com our mission at empirical is to provide clients with the most effective unbiased investment and financial planning advice available empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients interests first call us now to get started with a no cost no obligation discovery process the number again is 1-800-923-4307 or you can begin this process on our website at empiricalfs.com if you are looking for creative ways to improve your bottom line Tune in to Make Your Move with Alan and Brian Bolio. Their proven track record of helping businesses enhance their profitability will provide the basis for a forum about actionable items based on a business person's perspective. The program will be business talk, but with an economic context, so you'll know how to stay ahead of the game. Make Your Move is broadcast live every Monday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. 
All right, welcome back to Empirical Investing Radio. Special guest today, Michael Van Sant. Very special. Mike, we've got, uh, you know, a little less than nine minutes in this last segment. Okay. And uh, I wanted you to respond to these these uh, statistics here. Mm-hmm. And um, what tie that in, if you would, okay. with the types of advisors that we're looking for. Mm-hmm. We, we know we have the opportunity set because there's such a small percentage of the population who's getting the help they need. Mm-hmm. And not only that, investing and getting the help in the way that we believe is, is the most scientific backed way mm-hmm. just like the seatbelt analogy yeah very low adoption rate even though very solid evidence yep. it, it would save lives and a 70 percent reduction yeah we're facing the same thing mm-hmm. on the personal financial uh, front mm-hmm. and and so we need advisors yeah. to join us yep. but there's certain types and it's not for everyone but Definitely. i want you to talk about it okay well when, when I'm looking out there and, and kind of what brought me to this side was uh, a lot of what you've described, it was the evidence. The evidence um, is overwhelming to the contrary that, hey, this is the way to invest. Now, that being said is it's not um, necessarily what people want to hear, um, either advisors or individuals. They, I kind of come up with the analogy, everybody likes a shortcut. They like to you know, get market returns without market risk. They they want to get equity returns with CD risk. They they want to be in hedge funds so that they have upside and no downside. And the the industry at large says that can happen. The results say that it cannot happen. Right. And I think uh, what we're looking for in in, in advisors all over the country and, and and maybe all over the world someday is is people that either have come to the conclusion like I had that. Passive investing is the way to go, or they're at least open to looking at the evidence and making a, a, a decision based on the evidence. So uh, with advisors all over the country, we want them to have the same belief that we all have and that our clients be have that this is the best way to invest, not because of our opinions or our, our, our intelligence or our credentials, as we talked about, because that is what the evidence shows. It's empirically based. I think that's just part of it, though. I think the other part is that, that they're a... Um, they want to help people. Uh, more, more teacher, less salesman. Uh, I think uh, being an educator and, and really listening to our clients is a, a paramount attribute that, quite honestly, is, is often missing from this industry altogether. Um, I, I've seen a lot of uh, financial meetings that they spend about one minute on the client's concerns or thoughts or needs and 59 minutes on how great they are. And, I, right. and that, that's not what we're looking for. What do you think we need? Well, I think you nailed it, Mike. Um, Let's look, call it a day. We've got five minutes to see if we can spread this out here. Uh, I thought you'd take a little longer, but uh, you're so precise. <laughs> well, I can go into more detail, I, uh, but I, th- those are, uh, I think there's some, some attributes, you know, empathy. I want people to, to, I want our future advisors to be able to put themselves in our clients' shoes and walk a day in their shoes and, and really kind of get an understanding of where they are and where they're trying to go. And there's a lot of tough decisions. I mean, every day I, I have conversations about, hey, sending my kids to college or being able to retire, I may not be able to do both. You know, how do I prioritize? And a lot of the advice that I give is it's not black and white. And I think that's challenging. It takes a lot of knowledge. That's why I'm happy to be a CFP and have 16 years of experience. That The right answer often depends, and we have to um, – by knowing our clients and, and really 
uh, understanding where they are, that's the kind of advice that we give. I, I feel like the kind of advisors we want are the, the, the are are just like a, a great doctor that you know some of us may have that really understands our situation and gives us counsel just for us, not for the the population at, at large. Well, I I think one of the things you hit on, Mike, that I that is near and dear to my heart on this is you're about doing what's right, and it's not about selling something that has a lot of sizzle, you know <laughs> that you can make a big commission on. That's not how we're we're working. I mean, we're trying to change. And our tagline is, we're trying to change a tagline, is the way investment advice is delivered. Mm -hmm. Um, And we were talking about seatbelts. And what was the major contributor, some of the major contributors to getting the behavioral change Mm -hmm. that took over 50 years to get, you know, 40 to 50 years to get an 80% um, adoption adoption rate. Mm -hmm. And part of that was you had, you had, uh, the government coming in and mandating, putting, saying, hey, we're going to fine you. We're going to give yeah. you tickets. We're going to make automobiles put in, um, safe, have safety standards that mm-hmm. they're going to adhere to. Now, now cars, if you you know look at the J.D. Power things, they're ranked by safety. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that wasn't how it was back in the yeah. 50s, for example. I don't know that we're, we're going to have, there's a lot of discussion about regulation in the mm-hmm. financial industry. For whatever reason, reason, if it's automobiles or uh, sorry about that, or <laughs> or medical situations, um, there there is a lot of uh, standards that have to be met. Um, in our business, it, it's tricky because anyone can get into it uh-huh. very easily with very little background or requirement to meet certain educational credentials. And so I think really what's going to have to happen and what's exciting about what we're trying to do here is we know we have, if these statistics are right, we've got a huge market to reach to improve their lives. Uh Um, We know that those who are even getting help aren't necessarily following the most evidence-based backed approach. Uh And it's not even about active versus passive. It's about let's implement strategies that have the greatest amount of support for um, are tracking along with the latest science on how to do this, mm-hmm. um, not not generic stuff, not commercial stuff, um, but also can be searched for in an area where there isn't financial um, stakes being held behind the scenes with the firm. So we get paid one way, right? And that's helping our clients find the best solutions. Yep. We're not making markets at stocks. You know, we're not we're not selling limited partnerships or loaded funds or high commission annuities or any of that kind of stuff that traditionally has gone along with the individuals who are giving the advice. So I can understand why maybe some of people are shy, have shied away from getting that help when they pay for a financial plan. And at the end are a variety of recommendations to uh, which coincidentally are products that that advisor can now sell to them in addition Uh to selling them. That's not, not necessarily an exciting thing for me. No. So if you're somebody who has a, a deep passion to helping people, who is interested in finance in this field, um, but ultimately is doing it for the right reasons, then we want to talk to you. Yeah. And uh, you can give us a call. I'm going to give our number out for more time here before we go, Mike. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, and if you are an advisor, it'd be great to call um, Mike directly at our 1-800-923-4307. Ask for Michael Van Sant. And, Mike, if you don't mind giving out your email. Yeah, it's uh, M. Van Sant. That's uh, Michael, uh, M-V-A-N, 
S A N is in Nancy, T is in Tom, at empiricalfs.com. That's E M P I R I C A L.com. Great. Well, Mike, thanks for joining us once again. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. And uh, we'll be back again next week. Can't wait. We'll see how this debt ceiling situation goes here. We'll know by then. All right. Have a great week. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and Ethan Broga. Please join us again next Thursday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And for more information about Empirical Investing Radio, please call 800-923-4307. We'll see you next week. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.